I want to talk to you guys tonight a little bit about making decisions. And how do you even make big life decisions? And um, it's indicated that on average, adults make around 35,000 decisions a day. Right, so you're constantly making decisions. What time am I gonna wake up? Am I gonna get out of bed or not? What am I gonna wear today? What am I gonna eat today? Um, am I gonna run this yellow light? Do I gas it right now and just go? Or do I, do I slow down? The answer is always gas it, right? Um, I'm kidding, don't do that. Gosh, I don't want that on my conscious. Like, please slow down. If one of y'all goes and gets in a wreck, I, gosh, don't do that. Okay, um, you slow down. That's the decision you make. It's done, it's answered. Um, but then throughout your life, you're also gonna go up against what we would call life's big decisions. And some research out there has done some studying and, and they kind of put it into a couple different categories. But one is, is obviously your education, right? You had to make this big life decision of, do I move to Phoenix, Arizona, the middle of the desert to get an education or do I stay at home? Do I go to college? Do I get a job? Do I, you know, work at Starbucks, let them pay for my education? Like, what do I do when it comes to education? And that's a big decision, right? Because, you know, you come out here and you may meet your spouse and you didn't even know them. And it was because you chose that school that you met your spouse or you met that person who's their dad offered you a job in their company. And, well, what if you make the wrong decision? And so that's a big, major life decision, right, with a ton of weight behind it, which leads you into like another decision is then your major and your career. And man, do I pick the right major? And um, what is that going to be? And what's my career going to be? There's another big life decision of your family and who am I going to marry? And then how many kids are we going to have? And that leads over into then where are you going to live? And, and there's these big life decisions that you're trying to navigate and trying to even figure out like, how do I, how do I make these decisions? What's the right way to go about it? And um and, and they're big life decisions because there's some weight behind them, right? Like they're, they all play together in leading up to like the journey of your life. And just being honest, the reality is, is like, man, there's weight behind it because there can be an effect if you make the wrong decision, right? What if you marry the wrong person and then I end up and, and we're miserable and we're fighting all the time and there's this, that, and the other, or I marry the wrong person, all of a sudden they don't want kids and da, 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 or I get the wrong job and I'm miserable and I hate my life and this is forever and da, 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 da. And so, right, so there's, not to freak you out, but like there's weight behind the decisions and that's why there's this pressure on it and what it looks like. And so what I want to tackle tonight is like, how do you navigate making those decisions? And I think first it starts, like I said, um, and I'm going to abbreviate some of this just because of the sake of time, but it goes into what I want to look at is um, really the story of Luke 5 and 11, verse 11. Um, and I'm just hit that one verse that says that Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on the shores, the disciples, and they left everything and followed him. And so I see this, this is this moment in scripture where there's this massive life decision, right? Like all of a sudden in one verse, here you have it, man, the disciples, they get up and it says that, man, Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to fish for people. And like immediately in that moment, Simon, they pull their boats to shore. They leave everything, that word there says they leave everything, meaning they leave in their family, their job, their incomes, their career of this boat and being a fisherman and all of this catch and all this. They're leaving everything behind and following Jesus. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, 
that is such a bold, like massive life decision. And I get it. Like I'm all about making bold, like I'm the type of person and my personality is like, if I make a decision or if I'm going to do something, like I want to go, we're going all in and we're going full speed at it. Right. So like, um, I'll, I'll look at myself and, um, you know, me and my wife joke about this, um, kind of, or she just makes fun of me. One of the two, um, it's the same thing, but I'll like look at myself and be like, dang, like I'm, I'm really getting out of shape. And so I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to hit it. Like I'm going to start eating healthy. And my version is I'm so extreme. I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm eating eggs, grilled chicken and rice. And that's it. That's all I'm eating. Like, that's it. And she's like, you can eat healthy and have other things. I'm like, no, no, you can't. Like, it's you eat straight protein or lean meat and nothing else at all. And like, it's this extreme decision. And the reality is, is it often doesn't work out for me. Like, I'll say that that morning by the end of the night, I'm tired. I get off work and I'm like, yeah, let's just, you know, go to Shake Shack. Like, whatever. Forget it. Um, and so obviously it, it hasn't worked out super well. It did when I was when I was your age and I was single and I had more motivation. But um, now I'm like, babe, you're going to love me no matter what, right? All right, cool. Um uh, amen. Yeah, that's true. Hey, but you ain't there yet, so you better get it. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but I look at this decision that Peter made, and what I realize is that I think oftentimes, even in life, we can look at life as this one big moment decision. And yes, there are these big decisions we have to make. There are these moments of, okay, what am I going to do? What is this career? Do I say yes to this job opportunity and application? do I surrender and go all into Christ? What does that look like? The same with Simon, who is Simon Peter, if you hear me calling him both. But it starts in Luke verse five. And what I love about it is, and I'll just paraphrase it um, for the sake of time, but it was so much more about a journey with Christ than a decision, one big decision to follow Christ. And I love the way that Jesus is and the way that pursues because we can often think that like, okay, okay, this is just one big decision in life. And if I make this decision about this, like it'll take care of itself. And how do you know in that moment? And I love the way it is because it's actually, and maybe you grew up playing sports. It's this mentality and this method of if you take care of the little things, the big things will take care of themselves. And for Peter, for Simon Peter in this, in Luke 5 verses 1 through 11 you see that his really his decision started with when Jesus was teaching to this crowd of people that they're on the water and the crowds were starting to press in to where he was like, all right, this is a little bit too close for my comfort. So he sees a boat over there on the side, which is actually um, Simon's and he was out cleaning his nets. And so he goes and gets in the boat. It's like, hey, will you take me out a little ways just off the shore so I can speak to people? And so that's the first decision. Simon like takes this step of encountering Christ of like, okay, yes, he'll do it. And it leads from there that all of a sudden he's speaking and Jesus is teaching from this boat and he's telling everything. And then he finishes up and it says that when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And I love Simon, Peter, whatever, um, his response in this, because he says, master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And it's that in this first moment of encountering Christ, then this moment of okay, I'm going to take this step of faith. I'm going to take a step of trusting him. I'm going to go on this journey with him to where even practically it's like, okay, that doesn't really make sense for him. He's been doing it all day. He's like, I'm a fisherman. Listen, you're a teacher. So let's stay in our lane here, bud. But he's like, okay, hey, listen, I've heard your truth. I've heard your word. And so I'm going to trust you and I'm going to take this step. And so he puts his nets out 
And it's like when he done so that they caught such a large number of fish that literally it's overwhelming, that their boats are swarming, that they have to, he calls to his buddies at shore. He's like, hey, you got to go help. That literally the Bible says that, it says that um, it was such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Um, and that, so they signal for the other boats and they filled them both boats so full that they begin to sink. And it's at this moment that Simon Peter saw this and he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they'd taken. And so were James and John's and the sons of Zebedee and Simon Peter's. And that's when it says, then Jesus said to him, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And so they pulled their boats and they left everything. See, God wasn't just saying, hey, make this one big decision, but he's saying, hey, I want to go on this journey of trusting me, of walking with me and journeying through life. And so really quick and just practically, one, I want to hit on what I, what I felt like even God was leading me to in earlier, that God's more focused on a journey with you than your final destination. He cares more about just walking with you in the day-to-day and that if you will just take this journey of making him a part of your daily decisions and, and inviting him in, he will take care of the rest. But how do you make these big decisions? What does that look like practically? And I think it goes back to what I just said. It's first, it's bringing it to God. It's taking it to God. Not just this one big time decision thing of, okay, God, I've got this opportunity. Should I do it? Should I not? Yes, that, yes, God does tell us to do that. But again, God wants to be in those daily decisions. What would it look like for you to bring God into the moment? Maybe it's, okay, you get to this point of this decision of, of God. Is this the person I'm supposed to marry? And rather than just coming him to him in that moment and making this big decision such a big deal, if you bring him in on the front end of it, you bring him in on the journey of it. And not only because you should, but also because he desires for you to. He says, Matthew 7, 7, that if you ask, it will be given to you. If you seek, you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open for you. So my challenge is that you daily, you would ask God for direction. And if you invite him into these smaller decisions of a daily decision, practically, what did that look like for me? You know, oftentimes, and I'll, I'll hit on a, a relationship aspect of how do you know who you're supposed to marry? I get to ask this a lot. Like, Granger, how did you know your wife was the one? How did you know she was the one? And I think it's because throughout our entire journey, I didn't wait to bring God in till the final decision. Okay, God, I think this is my spouse. Is this going to be it? And I'm going to like, will you give me a sign? But instead, from day one, from the very beginning, I was constantly bringing God into our relationship, into the decision. Hey, God, I, I really feel like I should ask this girl out. Like, give me peace about it. Okay, I've got peace. Let's do it. And, and I was looking for these things of these characteristics of, of God in her, in that. And so every step of the way, I was taking these decisions to God of, okay, God, here's where we're at now. Here's where we're at now. And so by the time it got to this decision of, I mean, is this who God has for me? Like, it, is she wife material? This big decision wasn't a big deal because I had taken God through the entire journey of it. He had walked me every step of the way. But I think at times if what we want to do is like, hey, God, let me take care of all the details and then I'll bring you in towards the end. Like, it, it, you'll be the final, like, almost like we bring that situation to God when it's time for us to bring them to our parents, right? Like, let me uh, like iron out the details, all that sort of stuff. Okay, now God step into it rather than allowing him to go on the journey with you and to be with you. And so 
I think the first thing is, man, bring God into the situation. I think also as you're navigating those decisions, literally on just a daily basis, James 1.5 says that if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blow and tossed by the wind. That person person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So he says, not only, hey, come and ask wisdom from me, but if you come and ask wisdom from me, man, believe that I am going to give it to you and I'm going to give you wisdom and direction for what you're seeking. So he's asking, hey, come, bring me into the process. Ask for wisdom. God, would you give me discernment? Is this person, should I continue to date them? I mean, are they lining up to the qualities, the characteristics? God, is this the degree you want for me? Is this the direction you're calling me? And so bringing him in the journey, and then I think another practical question to ask yourself before making a a bigger decision or even just these daily decisions is, um, how's your state of mind in the moment of your decision? I think if we're not careful, we can allow our emotions to dictate our decisions. It was really interesting to me because COVID did just some crazy things during that year. And I saw a lot of people make these massive life-changing decisions because they were in this moment of emotional instability. Their emotions were everywhere. They didn't know what was going to happen. And so they're like, should I pick up? Should I move? And they just like picked up and moved these careers and did these things that it was like, what? what are you doing? But they didn't guard their emotional heart. They didn't emotionally check where they were and bring God into the situation with that. Because if you do, if you will slow down, bring God into the situation of your decisions, it says in his word that Colossians 3.12, that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. And so that man, that you can literally in those moments, God, would you give me your peace? God, as I'm trying to make this decision, I'm, I'm trying to navigate, is this the right person? God, would you give me peace to take the next, next step? God, would you open the door? And then I think if you can line that up with, okay, is what I'm doing honoring God? Is the person I'm dating honoring God? Do I have the peace of God with me? Do I feel like, okay, those things are lining up? And then lastly, I would say, um, not just that, but then you bring in wise counsel. Scripture says that in abundance of counselors, there is safety. That asking those who are around you, hey, man, I have this great job opportunity and, and I'm bringing it in and man, I'm, I'm praying to God. I've brought him into this situation. I'm asking for peace about it. I'm asking him to give me wisdom about it. And so far I have peace moving forward, but I want to hear, what do you think? And getting wise biblical counsel on making that decision and then being open and teachable and willing to listen to it. Allowing God to speak through the body, even like what Tyler was saying, the body of Christ, the body of believers to point you on and encourage you, but make sure it's a wise counsel when it comes to making those decisions. And allowing God to just take you one step of the journey at the time. But I think ultimately, and and what I really kind of want to leave you with, and I know I rushed through it tonight, but I think what was more important was what the way that God was just speaking to our hearts and And as Tyler comes back up and we're going to close out, 
I think it's important just to set on experiencing and knowing who the heart of God is and his heart for you. See, if we're not careful, we can find ourselves only searching for the hand of God. God, would you give me this? Would you show me this? God, would you give me this opportunity? God, would you give me this person I'm going to marry? God, would you let me have this job? God, would you give me a raise at work? Would you give me a better stance on this? Would you help me get into this grad school? And truly all God is desiring is that you would just seek his heart. That you would know that, listen, hey, he's got the details covered. And that he will help you in those decisions. He will give you peace. He'll surround you with wise counsel. He will do those things if you seek him, if you ask him. He will give you wisdom if you ask him and bring him into it. But more importantly, he just wants to walk with you. Some of my favorite verses in scripture is Matthew 6, 23. And it's because I'm such a detail-oriented guy. Like, I, I need to know. I want to know. And I get so jealous and I'm running off on a tantrum. But I, if you go into Genesis um, or Exodus and you start reading the story of Moses, I get so jealous of Moses because God literally walks so gently with Moses that he tells him literally every detail. Hey, Moses, you're going to go to Pharaoh and here's what Pharaoh is going to say to you. And here's what I want you to say to him. And then this is what he's going to respond and how it's going to go. And then this is what's going to happen next. And I'm like, I'm so jealous. Like, why can't you do that for me? Like, why can't you tell, hey, you're going to move to Phoenix, Arizona, and then you're going to do this thing. And then you're going to do this. And oh, here's what you're going to get to experience in the end. And be like, oh, light bulb. Like, yeah, okay, cool. Now, now I know the details. That makes more sense. I'm on the journey, right? But I think God knows me at times. Not at times, all the time. But really understanding the concept of, wait, he knows what I need. And that's what this passage talks about. It says, Matthew 6, 26. It says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And I read that, and every time God's like, hey, Granger, Hey, like, dum-dum, bro, you see the birds? They're still eating. They're everywhere. They might be robots, but don't worry about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just had to get y'all's attention again. It's like, hey, are you not much more? Did I send my son to die on the cross for birds? No, but I did for you. How much more valuable are you than that? And they're not, they're not fretting. They know that I've created a world that's going to provide for them and all of these things and So he says, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Verse 28, he says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he, it says, will he not much more clothe you? you of little faith. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. And your heavenly father right here knows that you need them. And every time I just get in this state of worrying and, and, and getting onto it, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. 
Each day has enough trouble of its own. But verse, verse 32 just slaps me across the face every time. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. And every time I start to just worry and have all these big decisions I need to make and God, what am I going to do? And listen, I've had those decisions. Several years ago, before I jumped into this position, I was um, stepped into the interim pastor position for the student ministry. And, and as we hired a new student guy, because I knew that really wasn't what God was calling me to, I was in this place of going through depression and just really struggling. And I was like, I think I'm just done. Like, I don't really know what's next, but I just... I think I'm just going to kind of go on my own and I might move back to Arkansas and just kind of figure it out. And I haven't really told many people this, but me and my wife, man, we're just, we're just struggling. We're trying to figure out, okay, God what, God, what does it look like? And I just began to bring him into that situation of God, like, God, would you give me peace to go home if that's what you're calling me to do? God, would you open the door and would you close the door? And in that moment, one of the hardest decisions I had to do, one of the hardest things I had to do was trust the hand of God. Because my flesh and everything inside of me wanted to freak out, it wanted to run, but God was saying, no, no, no. I know what I'm doing. I've got the unknown taken care of. Just like he says in this passage, he's like, listen, I created this world. Didn't I clothe Adam and Eve? Like, don't you know who I am? the God of this universe, like I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. If you will just seek me, if you will just seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, all the details will be taken care of. And praise God, I just listened to that peace and praise God that he closed those doors because if I would have ventured out on my own, if I wouldn't have brought him into that decision, I would have never got to experience this. I had no clue who any of you all were. I had no clue what God had in store for me. I had no clue that I'd be doing some of y'all's weddings and premarital counseling and helping some of y'all break up. Like, I, I just, I had no clue. But praise God that when I asked for his wisdom that he gave it to me that I trusted the hand of God, the way that he had led these little decisions of, okay, God, I'm moving here. Okay, God, we're going to pick up and move to Arizona when it's not comfortable, God, but I'm trusting that you know what's next. God, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do after the student ministry. God, I'm trusting that you know what's next. And just taking one day at a time as a journey with him, leaning back on this passage of, hey, Granger, you freaking dumb dumb, don't you know do you not know that I know that you need them? I know what you need to survive. I know you need a job. I know you need a house. I, I know you need these things. So if you will just seek me, I'll take care of the rest. And so my challenge for you guys tonight is that, man, you would just don't get caught up in the big decisions of life, but that you would get caught up in the daily decision to just seek Christ. Because you're going to go from one decision to the next to the next. And I promise you, if you're not careful, you'll turn around and you're going to be 30 years old and bald, okay? Because, like, life is stressful, all right? But God's got it. If you will seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he will take care of the details. And he may give you the next three or four, but 
He may not. He may just give you the next step. You know, I think he's taken me on this specific journey. Why he doesn't isn't doesn't always work for me like he did for Moses is because I think he knows that if he did, I probably would just take the plans and run because that's my personality. Cool, you want me to do this, God? Okay, cool. See ya. That's where we're going. I'll be the first one there. But that's not as hard. As hard as he wants me to just take him by the hand and tell him about my day and trust him as we walk on this journey together. So as we sing this last song and we close out tonight, and I know you guys are just facing decisions. Some of you guys are about to graduate. Some of you, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do for this summer. And maybe you're trying to think, man, do I need to change my major? What is going on? And, and you just, do I need to get out of this relationship? Like, you're, is this the right relationship? And I would challenge you to just seek the heart of God. Seek him daily. Ask for his peace. Ask him to give you wisdom, but seek his heart. So, Father, I pray that, God, that tonight you just draw us back into you. God, that you forgive us for the fact that we can oftentimes just almost leave you behind and take off running. But, God, thank you for never turning your back on us when we do. Thank you for being a patient God who's just waiting with a hand stretched out open, just saying, come back to me. Just focus on me and I'll take care of the rest. So God, I pray over these students tonight as we head into this last song and this last moment of worship, God, that you would just remind them of that. That you're waiting for them with an open hand, God, just wanting to go on a journey with them. That they would just seek your heart and know that you'll take care of the rest. That you are a God who created this world. God, you formed us in our mother's wombs. God, that you you put all of this together and so you know what we need. How silly of us to think that you don't know. But yet here you are, the creator of this world and this universe. So God, would you just give us the faith to trust you and to seek your heart? God, I just pray in this moment, if there's someone who has never made the decision to just fully surrender, that's the first decision that they'll ever make right now in this moment is to just surrender and begin a relationship with you. So God, would you just continue to just draw us into your heart and reveal your heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.